Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. Today we're in the second week of our sermon series called Facing the Wilderness. And what we're doing in this series is getting into the lessons offered by the wilderness stories from the Bible regarding what they have to teach us about navigating life's most challenging moments. And so last week what we discovered by exploring the wilderness in a big picture kind of way is the wilderness actually gives us a very simple yet very powerful paradigm regarding how life seems to work in a whole lot of cases. In that, when we want to do anything significant with our lives, what that looks like is we are here and we want to get there wherever there is. And to get to there or to get to the place where God is calling us to be, most of the time we have to face and endure the wilderness. We have to face and endure the hard work and struggle that it takes to get from where we are to where it is we need to be or we'll end up getting stuck. But while keeping that paradigm in mind, this morning what I would like us to get into is not only how hard the wilderness really is, but also how when you're out there in the wilderness facing all of that difficulty and want to do nothing but give up, how to keep scraping and clawing and fighting until you finally make your way to the other side. Now, I know that when we take a step back and look at the wilderness in a big picture kind of way, like we're doing in this series, it seems kind of easy, right? And that if we'll just embrace and not run from the wilderness, that ultimately we'll get to the other side, no big deal. But the real truth about the wilderness is when we are down in the trenches of everyday life, trying to do what we need to do to just keep things moving forward, facing the wilderness is about as hard and as scary as it gets. Or to put this into perspective for you, I want you to think about Moses' first encounter with God. And that for Moses, as he's just going about doing his life by tending to the flocks, the creator of the universe, God himself, from out of nowhere, just shows up in the form of a burning bush. And if that's not strange enough, um, God then goes on to call him from that burning bush, from his life of comfort and safety, where everything is going well, to go and risk everything, by taking on the most powerful empire in the world for the sake of his people. And I know at first when we think about this story, it's without hesitation, we think Moses should do this, which is easy to do when you know the rest of the story. But to try to get at what Moses felt in that moment as God was calling him into the wilderness, just imagine one night as you're sitting out on your back porch enjoying the end of a day, that God in similar fashion shows up in your life. You know, some bush in your backyard catches on fire and is consumed and not consumed. And then the voice you hear coming from that bush tells you to travel to Russia because God is going to use you to overthrow President Putin to set the Russian people free. Because in a sense, that's, as, that's what God is asking Moses to do here. So really, how do you think you would feel if that would happen to you? Do you think you'd be really excited and ready to go because God is calling you to do something big? Or Would you feel overwhelmed and scared and want nothing to do with it? Well, I think if I get honest with myself, if something like that really happened to me, I think you would find me downstairs in my bed in the fetal position, coming up with as many excuses as possible for why God should send someone else. 
Which, by the way, is exactly how we find Moses responding as God called him into this wilderness. Even getting to the point where after Moses goes through about five different excuses for why God shouldn't choose him, he finally just blurts it out. Oh, my Lord, please send someone else. God, please send someone else. I'm not qualified. I don't want to do it. Well, for me, what that puts into perspective is even though facing the wilderness seems easy when you look at it in the big picture kind of way like we're doing, the truth is facing the wilderness is never easy. In fact, I would argue as you were standing at the edge of your wilderness trying to make the right decision like Moses in this place, if you don't have some kind of voice in the back of your mind telling you not to do it, or if you don't have this feeling of fear welling up inside of you, then it's probably not a wilderness. Or maybe to make this a bit more personal, I want all of you to take a moment and think back to that one time you were about to make the biggest decision of your life. Maybe it had to do with where you're going to attend college, um, saying yes to a marriage proposal, having children. Maybe it had to do with your work, whether you're going to take another job or, or maybe even go out and start your own business. Whatever it was, I want you to go back to that place. And then while you're in that place, I want you to remember, or at least try to remember, what you felt while standing at the edge of that wilderness. Because my bet is that even if you felt a bit of excitement as you dreamed about what could be, you were also terrified, going back and forth regarding whether you should do it or not. Well, that's simply what it feels like to stand at the edge of the wilderness. That's how it works. But then here's the thing. Even when you say yes to facing the wilderness, it doesn't get easier. No, in fact, oftentimes as you take that jump, things almost always get a whole lot harder. Or, or sure, at first, when you decide to do it, you get this rush of adrenaline to get fired up about taking on this new challenge. But here's the thing. Once you get past that initial stage of excitement, which is amazing, what usually happens is just like you expected, things get really, really hard really quickly. And of course, what we usually do in those difficult places is we begin to waver. We begin to lose heart. We begin to complain. And we even start looking for ways to quit or to get out of it because it's just too much. Or to give you a great picture of how many of us respond to the difficulties of the wilderness, all you have to do is go to just three days after God set the Hebrew people free from slavery. Now, as most of you know, what happens in the first part of the Exodus story is that as God shows up in a big way to set his people free, and what he does there is through the prophet Moses, he sends a series of 10 plagues on the Egyptian people where eventually the Pharaoh is finally forced to let the Hebrew people go. And yet what makes this story even more remarkable than that is after Pharaoh changes his mind and begins to chase after the Hebrews again, God then goes about splitting the sea in two so they can walk to freedom on dry land. And then as the Egyptians are trying to chase after the Israelites through that same sea, God then causes that water to come back crashing down on them. Or God, to protect and set his people free, ends up taking out the most powerful military in the world at that time, which is absolutely mind-blowing when you think about what God did for his people there. But then here's the thing. Just three days after, three days after all of that amazingness happens, this is how the Israelites respond to their wilderness. Exodus 15, through 24 says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. 
So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? Now, what I want you to see here is just three days after they walk through the sea on dry land, along with witnessing God defeating the Egyptian army in one fell swoop, these people at the first sign of trouble, they begin to gripe and complain. And then even after God goes on to provide water for them in that place, and then is with them in the wilderness as a pillar of smoke during the day and a pillar of fire at night, we find that just two and a half months later, it happens again. But this time the complaints get worse. Exodus 16, two through three. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And what I love about this particular reaction is it gives us a great window into how most of us respond, whether we realize it or not, when we're out in the wilderness. And that as soon as things get hard, we begin to let fear and insecurity take over. And what happens as the fear and insecurity takes over is we not only want to give up, but we actually long to go back to the safety and security of the place that we were before, even if that place happens to be slavery. Or to get practical, again, I want you to go back to how things went for you or how you felt after you made the biggest decision of your life. Because if you're anything like me or anything like these Israelites, I'll bet what happened to you time and time again as you face just how hard the wilderness can be is you not only wanted to run, but you started to long for the good old days when life was safe and predictable. Or maybe as you were facing the difficulty of passing your classes, you dreamed about just walking away from all of that and doing something different. For those of you facing the wilderness of marriage, I know there, there are some times when you just want to walk away or at least get a break. For those of you who chose to take a new job, I'm sure when things got hard in that new job, because they always do, you, you started to wonder if you made the right decision and maybe even found yourself longing to go back to that place that made you miserable enough in the first place to look for a new job. And then even for you who stepped out into the wilderness of starting your own business, I'm sure there were many moments when you not only wondered to yourself if doing this was worth it, but also just considered walking away and doing something else because it's just too hard. And all because, again, the wilderness is as hard as anything we will ever face in life. And most of the time, it's going to take everything that we've got, even with God's help, to get from where we are to where God is calling us to be. But now that you really are getting a sense of just how hard the wilderness can be, let me close this by giving you what it is I think you need to do or the thing that you have to hold on to to get through your wilderness no matter how hard things may get. So the place where I discovered what seems to me to be the best way to face and endure any kind of wilderness is from Viktor Frankl. And what makes this man in particular more qualified to answer this question than most is not only was Victor a kind of neuropsychologist, but more importantly, Victor was a survivor of the Holocaust. Or Victor not only lost everyone in his family, including his wife and his parents, but he also spent three years in four concentration camps, including Auschwitz, enduring some of the worst conditions that any human has ever had to face, and yet somehow survived 
when most people ended up dead. And the main reason Victor shared in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, on how he was able to face and endure the horror of his wilderness is this. And this is my paraphrase summary of what he gets at. If you have a why, you can face any what. If you have a why, you can face any what. And what Frankel is getting at with this simple statement is if you have a purpose, if you have something that you're chasing after that, that makes your life meaningful, if you have something that is bigger than yourself, then you really can endure almost anything. And for Victor, the main why that seemed to keep him going through the hardest moments of his life was the thought of possibly seeing his wife again, or that is what he held on to. That's what kept him going when all hope seemed to be lost. But not only did Victor learn this lesson from his own personal experience, but he also watched it play out over and over and over again as other inmates upon losing their why, their purpose, no matter what kind of physical condition they were in in that moment, ended up dying very, very quickly. Or what Victor was able to observe about what keeps people going through the most difficult parts of life, even in the midst of the Holocaust and the concentration camps, is the people who kept their why are the ones who are most likely to survive, while the ones who lost it ended up dead. And for me, what all of that puts into perspective regarding how we should go about enduring our own difficult moments, enduring and facing our own wilderness, is that not only do we have to find, but we have to hold on to our why with everything that we are, because that seems to be the secret to facing and enduring anything that this life has to throw at us. Let us pray. Father, we come before you this morning grateful for another opportunity to learn from what you have to teach us from Scripture. And our prayer today, O oh Lord, is that you'll continue to teach us what it means to face and embrace the wilderness. That part of what it means to um, live on in this life, to do great things, is we've got to go through the wilderness. And the wilderness is hard and overwhelming, and oftentimes we want to quit. But, but as we learn from Viktor Frankl, and even in many places in Scripture, Lord, help us to find our why. And then help us to hold on to that why with everything that we are. Because that seems to be how we get to where we need to be. Or Lord, for those who are facing a wilderness right now, help them to find that why. For those who are going to be entering into the wilderness, help them find that same why. Or just give them what they need, Lord, to keep going so they truly can reach the other side, or become the people that you continue to create them to be. It's in your name and for our sake we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.